Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to get dark? Because we're about to talk about a guy who does some dark humor. This is Funny Like a Clown Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Worth. See, January 18th, 2023. This episode 172. As always, today's episode is brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce for the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time. There's only one G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. Go to www.gvegas.webs.com. Get it shipped right to your door, man. You're never going to leave your house, man. That's, that's the day and age we live in. Who do we here discuss? We discuss comedians on this podcast and uh, Mr. Anthony Jeselnik. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a career he's had so far, man. I mean, one of the uh, hot comics. And I guess, I don't know, I was trying to, trying to uh, you know, compare, compare the 80s comedians to, I guess, today's comedians and it's kind of, they say history repeats itself because I think Anthony Jeselnik, you know, he's kind of the the dirty comic that Andrew Dice Clay was, you know, of the 80s. He does the, the dark humor, the risky stuff, especially today where everybody's politically correct and the, the what is it, the, the me culture where they're offended by everything. I mean, what this guy is able to pull off in an era where everybody's offended by everything, you know, at least we got one guy who can actually, you know, tell his jokes and they're, they're taken for just that, their jokes where... Nobody's getting offended, even though he's saying offensive material. Made a name for himself on that. And uh, yeah, I was thinking, you know, like Bill Burr, he'd be the new Sam Kennison. Anthony Jeselnik, he'd be the new Andrew Dice Clay. And I was like going right down the list right there, I guess. Uh, let's see. Uh, exciting news. Uh, new Hampshire Television, okay, uh, wants to rebroadcast one of my podcasts. So. The next podcast I do, uh, they're going to rebroadcast on their television. So uh, more people, more excitement, more fun. That's what we're talking about. But uh, let's get into it, man. Anthony Jeselnik, what's this guy doing, man? Known for his dark humor, as we said, and uh, his arrogant stage presence, which uh, he has he has a way of telling jokes, yeah, that are different, just as, you know, pauses. And, you know, everybody knows you're supposed to pause if you're a comic and let, you know, if they're applauding, let them get done their applause. Take the applause, you know, but uh, don't try to tell a joke over their applause and stuff. You got to learn stuff like that. How long do you pause? You know, you let people think in their head, try to figure it out. But if you wait too long, then, you, you know, you're losing the joke. If you're not waiting long enough, you're stomping on the joke. So you got to get that right in between, Mark, there where you know how long to pause before you go so he's got his own unique style let's see he was a writer for late night with jimmy fallon uh let's see uh comedy central presents a show he had in 2009 had a debut album uh shakespeare in 2010 uh began writing for the comedy central roasts and uh moved up to performing on the donald trump roast in 2011 uh followed by the charlie sheen and roseanne bar roasts uh, let's see, uh, got his own Comedy Central show, uh, The Jeselnik Offensive, for two seasons. Uh, his second comedy album, Caligula, 
uh, host the last comic standing in 2015 and uh, had a Netflix special, Thoughts and Prayers. So that's what he's done, okay? Which, uh, you know, you can't argue any comic would take one credit off of that amazing list. Never mind all the credits this guy's got, but uh, also has a very successful NFL podcast, uh, Rosenthal and Jeselnik, The Variety Project. Uh, uh, his second season ended up airing on Comedy Central, where they had they'd, they'd take the podcast, but he had to change, change it around because... Uh, I guess uh, Rosenthal was like a lifelong friend that he did it with, but Jeselnik, you know, he was the name of the draw, so they had to change the name to the Jeselnik Rosenthal, uh, you know, variety project. And, uh, yeah, sports, man, who don't like to tune into a sports project, you know, since it's, it's big stuff nowadays. All right, let's get into it. How did he come about? Because I always find it more interesting, not so much what comics have done, do most of us know, you know, if you're tuning into a podcast about your favorite comic, you know what he's done, but how did he get there? How did he become the, the famous comedian he is? That's that's what I love to learn about him. We've had some crazy stories here on Playing Like Clown Cog Guys. This guy's got a cool story, man. I mean, it's not a, I guess it's not a step-by-step -step version of how to become a comedian, but everybody's got their own unique story, and this is his. Grew up in Pennsylvania. And uh, I guess he uh, left comedy early on in uh, like grade school. He didn't write class, just, you know, to tell a joke. And uh, I guess one time he made the teacher laugh. And he's like, well, I get the teacher to laugh. I mean, I can make anybody laugh. Uh, used to uh, try to stay up late, you know, because when you're a kid, you got to go to bed early. But uh, he tried to stay up late when he could to catch Saturday Night Live. Then uh, later on, and you know, because it's not like nowadays. We didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have you know all the all the access to comedy. I mean, if you wanted comedy, it was you had to stay up late, watch the late night with you know Johnny Carson or something. You know, you know David Letterman. I mean, the, that's the only place you could find comedy. It wasn't it, it wasn't you know where everything is at the click of a button nowadays. So yeah, staying up. I mean, on the weekends to watch Saturday Night Live, that was just the mecca right there. Oh, we're talking about dark humor, and I'm doing it when it's dark outside because it's uh, well, it's one o'clock in the morning, so you know, by yawn, it's just one a.m. But you know what? It's a podcast. I can do whatever the hell I want, man. I'm gonna wake at one a.m. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Later on, he uh, watched the Ben Stiller show, influenced him, and uh, the Mister Show. I don't even know what Mister Show is, but apparently it influenced him. I know Ben Stiller. We talked about that a couple episodes ago, man. It was just how much talent came off of that tiny show right there, but uh. Uh, let's see, uh, he went to college and, uh, earned himself a bachelor in English literature, which, uh, you know, his, his jokes are very well written. And they used to say that about David Letterman, where he would, they call him a wordsmith, where he could just put words together where they fit just perfectly. And Anthony's kind of a comic like that, where he can put words together or really just mess with your head where Jay Leno, he's more of a you know, a stage presence more than it was a wordsmith, you know, he'd come in and take control of a crowd and everybody want to be like him, you know, like, so it's, it's, it's a different style of comedy. I'm sure you get a bachelor of, of you know, I remember when we were young, me and my friend, you know, we used to try to write songs and my songs would come out better than his. And he said, you know, cause I have more of an education than him. He said, you know, I think you have a better vocabulary because your schooling was better. So, which was a very good point. So if you're going to write good jokes, being a, uh, you know, getting a bachelor in English literature, that's, that's not a bad way to do it. I guess his original dream was to write a great novel. He wanted to be a writer. Uh, 
But once he did an internship in L.A., it showed him that there were other venues for writers, you know, to do. You know, if you want to be a writer, there's other ways that writing can get you famous other than writing a book. You know, say, if you want to be a writer, all I can do is write a book. Well, there's other ways you can write jokes, okay, which is another, you know, it's writing just in a different form, different category. You can write for TV. You can write for movies. Okay, L.A., that's the mecca, you know, where all the movies are getting made out there. So it's a business like any other. That's what they do out there is make movies, so. Let's see. Uh, ended up after college, he moved to L.A. Uh, working for a book company. He tried stand-up comedy. Uh, I guess he did a joke about his dad being stung by wasps, and he was kind of acting it out. And he said he only did like a minute of comedy, but it felt like nine minutes because he didn't get a single laugh. And when you're not getting laughs up there, that can turn in that five-minute second turn into like it feels like an hour, man, because you can't get it. And, uh, you know, which, which I tell a lot of comics, it's, it's you know, you, you, very rarely you're going to go out there and just crush your first time out. You got to get over your, you know, you got to work on your stage presence. You got to work on your fear of talking in front of people. There's so much fear to get over. And I've seen a lot of comics where I saw it in the rise. They wanted to do comedy so bad and they bombed so bad first going out and they ended up quitting. And it's like, you got to get over that before you get good. I try to explain that to them, but nobody wants to listen because... It's just, it's just such a bad feeling being up there and nobody else is laughing and other comics are going up and getting laughs and, you know, I don't belong here. It's like, well, they've been at it a while and you're just starting out. But and all, all of us, I mean, and, and a couple of friends I started out with, they said they had the same thing. They almost quit too because we're all so glad now we stuck with it because now we're all getting laughs on a regular basis and having the time of our lives. But, you know, you got to go over that initial hump. Though, and that's, that's not just comedy. That's anything you do in life. So, uh... Made the decision there. He wasn't going to do physical humor after that because uh, he couldn't get any laughs with it. He uh, continued doing the open mics. And uh, after two years, he had a light bulb moment. Um, he was doing his regular jokes. And then uh, he decided to try one really bizarre with a really dark twist uh, uh, joke. And it got the best response to anything he had done. So... All of a sudden, hey, if this is what's getting me laugh, he decided, you know, I'm going to start to explore that that part of uh, of my sense of humor because that's what's getting me laughs. And uh, um, let's see, he found a home at the Comedy Cellar, which uh, which I did not even know. The Comedy Cellar is like the most popular club in New York City, which I, I would have thought Caroline's, which usually you close, which it was in the top three, Caroline's, but I would thought. Caroline's, Dangerfields, the Gotham. I would have never thought that a comedy seller would be in the number one spot in New York, but I guess that was that's what I know. So I guess I gotta get I gotta get down and do the comedy seller. So because uh, I can't do Caroline's because they closed before I got down there. I was, I was close to getting down there. I had an opportunity and I had just done. Geez, I think it was the Gotham, and they wanted me to go back two nights later, and it was just like turn around, and go. That's a trip for me, man. So I should have took it though. Because you never know when those opportunities are going to uh, come around, and it didn't come around again. All right, let's see. Uh, well, he was at the Comedy Cellar, I guess, uh, you know, there's well-known comics there, which even when I was at the Gotham, I've told the story on the, on the podcast where I was on the early show. Jerry Seinfeld was on the late show, which I didn't even know. I get in the green room, looking at my phone, I look up, I'm standing in the green room with Jerry Seinfeld. It was like, ooh. So, you know, the, the big-time comics in New York, they stop in to do guest sets at these places. And a lot of big-time comics stop in the, the comedy cellar to do guest sets. That's well-known. And I guess, you know, comics, we bust each other's chops a lot. And uh, 
he became well known for having his chops busted by the the you know the upper comics, which is a compliment, okay? Because that means they're noticing you know, if all these big time comics are busting your chops, that means you know they they've accepted you into the club. So uh, he was uh, named the Comedy Cellar's Breakout Comic of the Year. Uh, I guess in uh, 2009, Comedy Central uh, Presents took notice, got his own, uh, got his own. Uh, I don't know, they do like the half hour or hour, I don't know what he got, but or maybe a few minutes on, you know, you know, uh, open mic type of show they do too. I'm not sure what he got there, but uh, uh, let's see. Finally, his big break, he, he was hired as a uh, writer for uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Okay, that was the big break that came out of all the success he's had at the comedy cellar. Um, but I guess after being hired as these jokes were just continually shot down. They're saying the too dark, the too dark, the too dark, which, you know, that that's what he does. He did dark humor. And, uh, finally approached the, the show's producers, which I mean, you fight so hard to become a writer on the Jimmy Fallon show. That's one hell of a credit right there, man. This, this took guts to do. He approached the producers and said, Hey, I want to leave. And, they said they understood, you know, his humor was too dark for there, and he wanted to be Anthony Jizzle. Like, he didn't want to be, you know, didn't want to be just a writer for Jimmy Fallon. He wanted to do his own thing, and that was to explore his dark humor, which he couldn't do there. Uh, let's see. Uh, 2010, he recorded his debut album called Shakespeare. Uh, then went on to become a writer for uh, the Comedy Central Roasts. Uh, while writing jokes for the roast of David Hasselhoff, uh, the producers really took notice of how good his jokes were, and he was invited to perform, which he said, you know, I'm a Sam Kinison fan, and everybody knows the story of Sam from my day where he, he was like a little to nothing comic, and Dangerfield said, you know, he was Sam was really raw when he was young, but he said, I really dug him, and he gave him a shot on one of his young comedian specials, and, uh, you know, he walked into Dangerfield's of nobody. A six minute set, I, he was the hottest comic in the world, you know, the next day. So, I mean, once you get on Comedy Central, you get a call, you know, you're going to be appearing. I mean, this is his big break. This is where, you know, either the next day I'm going to be a big star, or I'm going to be a nobody because I'm either going to make it or I'm going to bomb one of the two. But this is my chance right here. And he got his chance. So they offered to pour him on the uh, Donald Trump roast, uh, went on there and absolutely just crushed it with his jokes. Uh, they loved him. After that, they offered him, uh, what is it, an up-and-coming three-thing deal where he'd be on the next two roasts, the 2011 Charlie Sheen roast, 2012 Roseanne Barr roast, and they give him his own special. So that, that shows you what hard work can do for you right there. This guy's off to the races by, you know, one step at a time, and hopefully you get noticed, and he got noticed. And when you do get noticed, you got to make the most of your chances, which we've talked about the roast before because they tell you, like, on there, you know, some jokes you can't do, which I remember Bob Saget, the Bob Saget roast. He said he didn't want any jokes about the Olsen twins. That was one of the rules he had. You can make fun of anything you want. Hey, Charlie Sheen, don't make fun of my mother. Hey, that's my mom, you know. And I remember, uh, yeah, the Charlie Sheen roast. It was great, but Gilbert, he ended up breaking the rules, and he did a joke about the Olsen twins, which went on to be by far everybody was talking about the joke the next day, the best joke of, you know. So, you know, sometimes you break the rules, you get noticed, and, you become twice as popular. Andrew Dice Clay, who was on MTV, wasn't having a great set. He started to going into actually his dirty stuff, which what he couldn't do on TV. But next day he got banned from MTV, but he was the most hot comic on the planet because he was known for being banned from MTV for the set that he did that what he wasn't supposed to do. So 
sometimes it works. Other times, hey, you don't play by the rules, you'll never work again. So it's a chance you take, and you hope that chance pays off. Uh, let's see. 2013 uh, hosted his own Comedy Central series, The Jezelnik Offensive. Uh, he wanted to do start off the show with the monologues, with, with the jokes that he couldn't do that were turned down on the Jimmy Fallon show. That you know it was too too dark for late night TV. Well, he wanted to come out. You know he's on cable TV. I want to do these jokes. Uh, he did a test run as an interviewer with a uh, with a celebrity, and he said uh, it didn't feel right. It, he just see it felt wrong. He said it, it just it felt like him in a bad suit. That's all it was. Like some people are made out to interview people, some people ain't. Which I can get it because man, when I first started this podcast. You know, I had a guy offer me some big time guests and it was like, I knew I wasn't ready to interview him yet because I hadn't done, you know, any lesser interviews yet. You know, you don't start out interviewing the big, you know, you work your way up, you know, and I knew I wasn't ready, but I couldn't turn them down. They were too big a guest to turn down. So I was like, yeah, I'll put them on and looking back, they weren't great interviews, but I could, you know, it's like now that I've done, you know, what a hundred and something episode here, you know, I'm, I'm doing some great interviews because I've gotten good at it because I've had on some local comics and really figured out you know how to be a good interviewer which i'd love to have them back on now but it's too late but they have on us a big guest soon we're going to be having some more guests on and we've got some big guests coming up because uh i've done already more with the podcast than i ever dreamed to do when i started so i guess i might as well go out with a bang that's what they're going to say right so um uh I guess one of the jokes he wanted to do was, uh, now this is risky, was he wanted to tell jokes about cancer to cancer patients, which uh, the network really balked over that. It's like, you know, because they say the big three rules in comedy, you can't make fun of race, religion, or disease, okay? Those are the ones you don't want to touch. I mean, like if you have cancer, you can make fun of it because you've got it, but you can't make fun of somebody else whether you get booed off stage. So to do this was risky and Finally, he pointed to uh, when Dave Chappelle, you know, started his show. He did a thing about how he was a blind KKK member, which, you know, went over huge and went over great. So finally, you know, you got to be risky if you want to, you know, take a chance if you want to get noticed. Finally, he talked him into it. He ended up doing it. I guess it went over great. Jay Leno actually called him after the first episode and told him how much he loved that segment. So, I mean, he was one of the greatest late night hosts of all time, giving you a call and giving you, hey, you got the green light there, man. You did a good job, kid. So, that's uh, what else can you ask for? Uh, let's see. Did his uh, first stand up special, Collegial, in 2013, followed by a 2015 Netflix special, uh, Thoughts and Prayers. Uh, where, you know, he talks about, uh, the death threats he get, I guess, cause he does the dark humor. He gets a lot of death threats and, uh, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> if he can't take a joke and you're going to send somebody a death threat. That's a little bit overboard. I think, I mean, I, I understand if you're getting offended, but you know, this is America. Not everybody has to think the way you want them to. We're all supposed to be able to think the way we want to. And that's our free, that's called freedom. Okay. If you don't like the way I'm thinking, don't associate with me, but I got the right to think that way. Yeah. They've taken away a lot of our rights. They start taking away our right to think the way we want to, man. We're back to, I don't think we call ourselves a free country anymore after that. So, uh, if you don't like somebody's comedy, don't go to their show, but they got the right to do it. I heard that idea yeah, was, down in Texas or something, they canceled one of Dave Chappelle's shows because they were worried about 
how people were going to react to it being offensive or something. It was strange time, man. Strange time in the world. Uh, let's see. Uh, 2018, he returned to Comedy Central with uh, his podcast, the uh, the Jizzleneck and uh, Rosenthal Project, as they call it now. Then I guess they started airing that. Uh, 2019, uh, Netflix special, uh, Fire in the Maternity Ward, which, yeah, we talked about, man. When I was a kid, like I said, it started out, the you know, the only place you could see comedy when I was a kid, it was uh, Saturday Night Live, obviously, or one of the late night shows with either Carson or Letterman. And if you were on Carson or Letterman, boom, like that, you were a made comic. You're getting paid for the rest of your life because you were recognizable from TV, okay? Then became the, the the cable stations, the HBOs, the Cinemaxes, the Showtimes, which opened up a whole new area for comedy because now this is pay television. You can say whatever you want, which, you know, within reason, they still had their rules. But, I mean, it wasn't, you know, you, you get on TV, you could only work clean. This is like family. It's a family place, you know, FCC ruled where now you could break the rules, okay, which uh, that was Sam Kennison's first special's name, breaking the rules because he got to be on pay TV, uh, then after that, it went actually, it went back to TV where Comedy Central, I mean, that was like 24 hours of comedy. I mean, their own, their own station of just comedy. I mean, this was almost unheard of. Uh, that was the place to be for a while. Then uh, all of a sudden, Netflix took over. The internet's taken over. Now we got your Netflix specials. And they put out some crazy money to get people to come over to Netflix. And that's where everybody's putting their comedy now is on Netflix. Ooh. Second or third gun, I don't know. I'm tired, but I'm still loving the podcast. But, uh, hey, I'll stay up late night to do whatever I got to do. I've been busy, but I ain't forgetting the podcast. I don't care how busy I am. Uh, other things you didn't know about uh, Anthony Jeselnik, uh He dated Amy Schumer uh, for a while there. Uh, they, they dated uh, the other popular comic. I know she went on to get married. Uh, she lives what, right here in Massachusetts. I don't kick Cod somewhere. Some guy owns a restaurant or something. And uh, he's an atheist also, which uh, I guess if you tell a lot, I don't know if that contributes to his dark humor or not, but I think what, you know, a lot of people once said that to Sam Kinison, are you afraid to tell jokes like that? Because he did some really, you know, I mean, jokes that would go, whoa, I don't believe he just said that, but that was the genius of him. He'd say whatever else was thinking, but didn't have the guts to, to say it. And it's like, you know, ain't you afraid you might go to hell for saying a joke like that? He said, hell, I was married for two years, okay? Hell would be like Club Med. <laughs> you want to know hell? Go live with my ex-wife. Okay, so that was the turn he took. So uh, I guess, Anthony, if you're an atheist, I guess you say what you want. and You don't worry about going to hell because you don't believe it. Who knows? But uh, <coughs> woo, all right. Wouldn't be a podcast unless I sneezed at least once, would it? Anthony Jeselnik, man, yeah. Check him out. Uh, one of the hot comics out there and got his own style and certainly make a name for himself. Um, like I said, yeah, I mean, it's uh, comedy repeating itself, man. If you want, you know, if you're an Andrew Dice Clay fan, I guess you, you'd kind of like Anthony Jeselnik. If you were a Sam Kennison fan, you'd probably like Bill Burr. And if you did like the clean comedy, I guess there's a new generation of clean comics you can also tune into the uh, Chris Rocks and Dave Chappelle's. Not that they're clean, but they're not really, they're not focused around, uh, focused around that, but uh yeah, I see Chris Rocky recently uh, just did his uh, Netflix special where he finally, finally talked about getting hit by Will Smith there. And 
Now that's getting some controversy where he says, you know, Jada Smith's uh, camp is offended by his Netflix special. He was probably offended that Will Smith hit him. So I, I don't know. Where does it end? Does it go on forever? Hey, who knows? That's comedy. Uh, you know, I think Chris Rock said that you do something, I react to it. That's how a comedian works. Okay. Welcome to comedy. This is Funny Clown Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Worth. And uh, yeah, man, I hope... Uh, Hope, 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 hope when I get my uh, podcast here on uh, New Hampshire television and I'll let you know, I think we're doing that tomorrow actually. So uh, I'll let you know where on the next podcast I do after that one, I'll tell you where to see it and how to go about seeing it on New Hampshire television, but hopefully that'll certainly get up by viewer list. You know what else get on my viewer list? If you, the listener, tell one of your friends, Hey, go check out Dennis Worth's Funny Like Clown podcast. Who's your favorite comedian? I guarantee he's reviewed him and he'll give you some information, even though he's your favorite comic that you probably didn't know about him. Until then, I'll catch you next time. Good night, folks. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.